Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, our Here Refugees podcast. Ted here, John here. We are going to drop in real quick. Uh, you'll, you'll definitely want to stick around. Uh, we have an interview with Michael from Blue City Radio uh, talking about the, uh, the game and the team. So definitely stick around for that. Before we get into the show, though, I want to remind you all, rfkrefugees.com slash tailgate. We're going to have a virtual tailgate. We've pretty much advertised this for every episode. But this is your, this is, this <laughs> is the last, last chance, the last chance we get uh, to go that. So go, go, go to rfkrefugees.com slash tailgate. Grab, grab your beverage of choice. Celebrate the beginning of the year. Anything is possible before the ball is kicked off. So let's all share in the glee and the glory before we all tune into NBC Sports Washington Plus. To welcome the glorious return of, of DC United to MB to the local uh, regional sports channel. Um, yeah, only 25% of you can be there. So yes. the other 75% of you have nothing else to do. Join exactly. us. Exactly. What do you got, family to watch with? No, Come on. no chance. Come on. Join us. Join us. Uh, we're, we're coming in. Uh, we, there were some things I think we, we, we originally had planned to cover on the show. We want to talk a little bit, also catch up on some news. Kind of the last... Last uh, last chance saloon before we before the game begins. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with some trialless news, Jason, or some new signing news. DC United actually has Jason still after oh. how many years oh, of this God, podcast? Okay, all right, no, on. keep it in. It's funny. <laughs> it's no. fine. I'm John. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it. <laughs> um, John, we have some new signings to talk about uh, coming up. We we have uh, first. Let's start off with the new signing, uh, Tony. Alfaro, 27-year-old center back, formerly with the Seattle, Seattle Sounders. I'm assuming that's – is that Chivas USA? It is not. It is not. Okay, it's so Chivas Guadalajara. Brilliant. And Reno. Yeah. Uh, sign, signing with DC United. Uh, DC is very desperate for backline depth right now. Right now there is Michael DeShields, and that's about it as far as backline depth other than the main starters right now, which are Heinz Ike, uh, Brilliant, and uh, Pines are the assumed starters. Uh, he did. We, we're pretty sure he's the one who gave away the penalty. Uh, apparently, with DC United, that wasn't a factor, or that wasn't a, a negative factor, and DC United was like, okay. Uh, they're still waiting for um, uh, to DC to reach term. Uh, still waiting on news on whether they'll reach terms with Andy Nahar. Uh, apparently, he has an option to go play for a Dutch club. Um, so we'll kind of wait and see what happens with that. Um, hopefully, I guess the I guess it has to happen before uh, before the days. roster lock. Yeah, so you got two days before that uh, before that happens, um, and then we also have uh, draft pick Logan Pashat uh, is going to uh, either and unless uh, and also they haven't decided that either. I thought they were saying, uh, oh, I guess he was he's going to the USL. Loud he's going to USL. Yep, he's going to Loud United. That was a really funky way to get through that. Um, apologies, <laughs> folks. I am I am rusty ahead but, of the season. But he is a uh, but that, that's actually great for Loud, and I think that's a very strong pickup for them to have a bit more of an experienced left back uh, going into the season. Uh, Tony Alfaro. Before we get too carried away with his Chivas background, uh, he played exactly one one match for Chivas. So that is <laughs> he's he's played for Chivas exactly one more time than I have. So before we get too excited, he's not. Uh, this is the depth. This is the Axel Schoberg of of the year. He played. 10 games last year at, at Reno. Uh, so it was not a staple for them either. So this is, we need bodies. We got bodies. It, it's like, it's like saying you start in the departed, but you really had an extra role. I think is the, but you put that on your resume that you were an actor on the sure. departed, but you had like one line. I think that's pretty much, or, uh, pretty, barely, pretty much what that means. You were, a, you were an extra that walked past, uh, walked past De Niro. <laughs> that's sort of what. Sort well, of you played in the game. So I think that warrants a he line. I think the extra that's would true. be somebody who gets on the roster, but never actually gets out there. Um, 
but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Good, I think good for Loudon that he's out there. Uh, good to see that those draft picks are not before these are draft picks that probably would have gone to waste. Uh, Logan would have been brought in, given a couple rounds, and then said, "All right, we're not interested. Go find a, a USL team somewhere." So, USL team is showing showing what it can do for for uh, draft pick signings. There's a there's a there's a comment here under uh, the golf tweet saying highlights uh, PK late sub in a losing game red card as a Sounders supporter told me I don't remember much I think he was on the bubble between backup D on the first team and playing for USL hopefully this gets your expectations nice and low so he surprises you I, yes I like good good intel good stuff I yeah I, I mean I mean let's be serious I think this is literally a we need something we need literally a somebody with a pulse who yeah. at least has a general idea of how to play center back. And that's what we have right now. Um, Hopefully DC does not get into an injury crisis at that position. If he is starting games, um, the season is, is has gone South very, very quickly. Uh, Let's just say, even Um, with his pedigree, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how you're just uh, so down on him. (laughs) So uh, other things that I'm being realistic. I I, I am furthering at lowering those expectations. So uh, other, other stuff going on this week, Uh, the, the Washington spirit, uh, are playing their next game in the Challenge Cup tomorrow. I will be in attendance, uh, providing some uh, some some content for the for the show. Uh, but make sure if you haven't yet checked out the preview on RFKRefugees.com that was posted when you're listening to this yesterday. Uh, we also posted an article yesterday about Kamarni Smith, sort of what his position and roster might be with the team, uh, which is sort of my mea culpa from at the beginning of the year, thinking he would not do anything uh, and be in Loudon all year long. But then we talked to we talked to some folks, and uh, that the, the the opinion on him has changed uh, in the in the last couple of weeks. So let's let's see where he pans out. As I said in the article, with Ola Kamara being slightly injured already. Uh, and being potentially Eric Sorga being preferred to him in the starting lineup, it's a wide open situation mm-hmm. in the start in, in the in the forward department. So any any number of players could potentially make their mark. And, and when you have a new coach, these types of things happen. You have players that you are assumed or established positions. There was also, I think, a Stephen Golf tweet about them um, toying with the idea of buying out his contract. Um, so I, I we, we don't get a lot of the like drama tabloid filled news stories, but. That's a sign that this team is not confident in him and is basically like, we don't have another option right now. We're just going to give him a shot again, see what happens. Um, I, I will I will forever wear the shame of Ola Kamara for, for the rest of eternity about how much I wanted him here. And then it's like it's like you want something so much on Christmas and then you finally get it and it ends up being nothing like nothing like you want. It's 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 astounding to me that a player whose only job is to get into good positions and you have a team that is built to do that. And for some reason you can't do it. So well, our XG was pretty low last year. Uh, Fair. His was his, his, he had, I think his XG and his goals actually scored were identical and the goals were only four, although he was our leading scorer. So last year is a real challenge to evaluate talent. Uh, it was just bad, really almost universally. But I, I think that it's, you know, like you said, I think it's a great sign of a new coach where you don't necessarily have to stick down the same road that you've been on just because it was the road you were on. There's no path dependence with a new coach. So give Eric Sorga a chance. Give Nigel Roberta a chance. Nigel, I believe, will be playing probably pretty soon as soon as he's fit. Uh, but there are there are players that we have to give a shot to. And with Nigel, he's already probably fitter than most of the team because he's right. been playing in Bulgaria. So I, I would I would say I don't think he starts uh, – I don't think he starts, but I think he. Uh, I, I think you could see him off the bench um, for sure. 
Um, so we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a brave new world we're entering in. I'm so excited, uh, for inevitable disappointment when, when we probably lose this game pretty badly, which is, uh. I, I, I'm keeping that in the back of my head right now. I'm going to be positive. I, you, you'll hear my prediction later in the show about what I think the game will be. Um, what it, what I think the game will be. Uh, let's get into, we, we skipped this last week with all the news about the new TV partner, everything else involved with the team. Um, we, we kind of left this, left this on the, on the bedside table, but now we're going to pick it up and we're going to, and we're going to run with it. Uh, our player of the week prediction, Yamil Assad. Uh, let's start. He of course, uh, had a, had came back, was signed, I believe in mid 2019, uh, with a contract beginning in January. There were thoughts of him playing in Loudon, which would have been awesome. Um, and his season, while I will say not to, not as successful as his 2018 campaign, his 2018 campaign, he had nine goals, eight assists uh, when he was with D.C. Of course, his his uh, Atlanta United campaign, seven goals, 13 assists. Um, well, not as successful uh, in 2020. He was three goals, two assists. Uh, you had to look. I, I mean, he was second in, in, in this team in goals, uh, and there, most of those were not PKs either. I think I'm pretty sure at least Four one months. or two of all those goals were, were PKs. So all those were from, were in the run of play. Uh, I'm fairly certain about that. I don't Emil know if he scored, was. Emil scored a penalty in the beginning of the year last year. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so Emil did have a penalty kick. All that being said, uh, the biggest question I think entering to him is going to be what what position is he going to play this year. Uh, he, of course, has been a winger most of his career. He was a winger in 2017 with Atlanta, winger 2018 with DC. With uh, DC, and then he came in in 2020, and due to injuries, due to just we needed bodies. Uh, it was I can't remember whether it was Ben that threw him out there or whether it was it was uh, it was interim Chad. It was interim Chad Chad Ashton showing flexing his his tactical genius. Uh, threw him out in the center of midfield, and he did not look bad. Uh, I would say that was probably his strongest stint of 2020 was playing in that position. So now the que- the question was sort of coming. Maybe that's a new position. We have seen wingers in the past, Darlington Nagby, uh, plenty of players who were attacking wingers. I believe uh, uh, Eric uh, uh, Eric Williamson uh, was sort of an attacking player th- all throughout college and his and his career comes in. He slots right in as sort of a holding midfielder. So uh, that's it's certainly not with- withstanding. There is a precedent for this happening. Uh, and the question was, maybe that's where Assad finds himself. Um, the coach put a stamper to that in our interview, but you know, who knows? Who knows? Well, also, you, you've Yamil, been a proponent of this, John. So I have. I'm on. I've been beaten down. Yamil Assad was asked this question by Jason Anderson from Black and Red on the last press conference in a way, and was sort of like, you know, what did you think about that? Like, like uh, you know, we were all kind of surprised, and he's like, and he's like, I'm a winger. This is what I do. <laughs> He was he 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 was uh, he was he, he poured cold water on my dreams of seeing him as a as a as a two way midfielder, but that's okay. I think I think overall, if the, if he is able to be dangerous again and has mm. more of more talent around him clicking, I think you know, as I talk about later in the show, I have I have him I have him scoring a goal this Saturday. So what's 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 uh, count on him to be? I think I also predicted him to be the leading scorer when I was talking to Roach, because I was talking about how sort of down I was on the forward situation. The forward mm-hmm. situation hasn't really changed, so I'll st- I'll stick with my original guess and say Yamil is going to be a, a hopefully a major offensive because uh, he shoots. It, That's a key it, component for any anyone to score goals as he shoots. The, the, and if I had to give like a specific prediction, it, I I would have I would have said that goals from the midfield will outnumber uh, goal. There will be at least two midfielders that are going to score more goals than the than the leading score than the leading forward. 
uh, for, for DC. I think that could have been a, an interesting, very specific prediction. So we'll go ahead and, and, and tap that one down late. But <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, this is going to be uh, – you haven't heard it uh, because that used to be the the comment that made fans groan the most in the Ben Olsen era. Uh, but this is going to be a goal scoring by committee. Yeah. Uh, this is this is it's back, my friends. Uh, you might not hear it from Hernan Lasada, but it is. Uh, this they're going to be goals from the midfield, goals from the forward position, uh, goals all around. There's not going to be a golden boot chaser that that we can see right off the bat. Maybe not Nigel Roberta, maybe Ola Kamara gets it together. Uh, stranger things have happened in this league, but I would say I would hedge a bet that there's going to be if this team is successful, there are going to be several midfielders with five, six goals and a, and a lot of assists. There are going to be uh, maybe a forward with 10 and then it's going to be kind of all across the board. Uh, maybe a couple defenders scoring goals. DC was very prolific. Defenders were very prolific uh, in defense. Uh, they were they were, it was a homage to Bobby Boswell, I think was was what they were going for there. Uh, um, and an appeal to I, I've had a couple different people talk to me about opening up uh, my my MLS uh, betting podcast, which I'm not going to do. Uh, but just just to let you guys sort of know where my head's at, I talk later about the parlay. I also uh, I also was confident in a uh, in a two game parlay with DC United beating NYCFC and Philly beating Columbus with 1300 with 1300 odds. So they. Uh, there, I think that Columbus are favored as as high as New York City FC is early in the season. I would take advantage of early MLS betting because no one knows how good anybody is, and some of these odds are wacky. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna change as the season goes on. But even particularly if you look at, uh, you know, I like to bet goal scores because usually, um, I bet Chelsea goal scores all the time because it's usually the two, same two or three guys, uh, and the odds are fantastic. So if that's something you're interested in. Uh, I don't think that for the 25% of you in attendance, I don't believe you'll be able to get into, I don't even think it's actually open the sports book, but uh, if you're in Virginia, FanDuel or wherever else, give that, give that a shot this weekend. It, it, you could, uh, you, I, I, I'm looking at it as I can't spend money on tickets. So <laughs> why not, why not spend money on a thing? Yeah. Jersey money. You got all these things yeah. uh, that you're, that you're, that you're dropping money on. That was my mini, that was my be... mini betting podcast inside of the podcast. We'll see you. <laughs> We'll see if people care enough for 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 an expansion of that. Yeah, okay. I, I think it's all wacky. the The betting's all wacky. Uh, I, I was about ready to place some money down. I, I don't think the odds were great. It was like plus one ninety for Daryl DK to score. Uh, for uh, for um, yeah, he's shoot. their whole offense right now. Yeah, he's like their old. So. so I was gonna drop five bucks. I was like, oh, I should do that. And then I kind of said, ah, I, every time I do it, like it doesn't happen. So what happens? Of course, he scores. And now I'm definitely not gonna do it because I know if I do it. That's when he doesn't score. That, that's how this works. Correct. That's we. <laughs> um, all right, folks. I think that's going to do it. I guess for this segment, uh, we've got an interview coming with Michael from Blue City Radio to talk a little uh, NYCFC. He's got some good things to say, and, and I guess the, the one thing, the one interesting thing I got is it seems like they're in it, it, maybe not sort of talent on the field. Um, but the idea is, is that there is concerns about depth and we have concerns about depth. And I think both teams are in the same, the same boat. Um, I would say right now, you know, when, when talking about some of the players, uh, I think when you listen to what he has to say, uh, I think, I think DC, if DC can keep this close, if they can be sort of neck and neck and they do have some talent that got minutes that, that showed they could do something, I think we could see, uh, and like I said, Kamari Smith could come off the bench. You have a Bertha coming off the bench. You do have some players, uh, that I think could 
uh, provide an impact. Uh, so I think it's going to be more of a question for DC. If, if they want to win this game, can they hold on? Because I'm not sure NYCFC has the depth that, uh, that they can, that they can cover. So, and then fitness, of course, is a concern for DC as, as Lasada's talk about. So, um, what's, what's your over under on Lasada subs, by the way? I'm curious. I, plus, plus five. or minus four. You gonna use all, you're going to use all five? Yep. Because because there was so much conversation about how dead everyone's legs were, uh, that this is like a prime opportunity to take advantage of that. So I think yeah. I think he I think until I think until a he knows who his best eleven is and everyone's healthy. I think he will avail himself of every sub that he could potentially do. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, we are I think we're less than forty eight hours until the kickoff of the season, wild. my friend. Oh so man, wild. Yep. Games in Friday, less than 72 hours from the kickoff at uh, for DC. So lots of fun, lots of things going on. Uh, guys, check out the interview with uh, with Michael from Blue Seed Radio. And uh, yeah, we're going to get into that right now. Hey, folks, if you're like me, you love getting things early, whether it's early access to games, movies, TV shows, what have you. We all like to get things early. Well, RFK Refugees listeners who subscribe on Patreon get early access to all RFK Refugees content and maybe some hidden content that you weren't aware of. Just go to patreon.com slash RFK Refugees and you get access to your own private RSS feed where we upload our audio. So check it out. Patreon.com slash RFK Refugees. Now back to the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast, Head here, John here, and we are joined by a very, very special guest, Michael Anderer from the Blue City Radio to help us uh, preview our next victim on Saturday. Michael, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, and uh, that's uh, some pretty uh, confident talk. Uh, you know, I, didn't we play each other a, a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> you did. You did. Uh, you did. I believe there was uh, some 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 tomfoolery with a with a red card and and everybody's like, oh, let's just throw eleven out there. Uh, I don't know. It's it's it'll be interesting to see what type of lineup, uh, whether uh, what time what, what type of lineup or how similar the lineup will be. Um, I'm not sure what type of lineup you guys threw out there. They were a little bit about your team. They but, weren't ready for but, trialist number three and trialist number four. So this, <laughs> that's you're not prepared. Uh, unnamed, unnamed trials. All oh, the, the joys of MLS rules. Uh, well, Michael, let's let's jump right into it. Uh, New York City FC. They 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 were obviously the the they are from New York, so they should be a big time club. Uh, that's what that's what Don Garber wants. Uh, I, I feel like though the, the team has kind of changed. They're they're no longer the team that goes out. You know they they did the big splash with Lampard and Pirlo, and now it's like they're they're doing you know young players like Jesus Medina, uh, other sorts of like Eastern European, maybe some players from South America. What is like the state of this team like heading into twenty twenty one? The state of the team is is a team in flux. They you you're not wrong. Uh, you know, they did spend a lot of money with Alexandra Matriza, but then, oddly enough, uh, in the middle of the season or towards the end of the season last year, they sent him on loan to Saudi Arabia. Uh, and they, no one expects him to come back, even though he was the second highest uh, transfer paid by, by a team to bring into the MLS. The biggest problem with uh, NYCFC right now is I think they started to position themselves and save some money and be a little bit frugal in hopes that their stadium uh, plans would be approved and that hasn't happened. So now you have a team that has no stars uh, and has no stadium. So they're playing in two different venues this year, uh, which I guess is a plus because in previous years they've played in three different venues. Um, but it's one of those things where they, uh, they don't have the, the dynamic roster 
that is going to really lure fans. And it's not quite honestly, it's not a roster that's going to scare people. It's a consistently strong roster, but it's not a, there's not one player that you can focus on and say, that's the guy I have to watch. You spoke about sort of the the change in mindset to maybe more of a budget friendly uh, team for at least for the near term. Uh, Alex ring, Ronald Matarita, both gone, both kind of replaced. I would say particularly the Matarita has been replaced by a few different players. Um, you guys are also sitting on a pile of gam and tam like we are. We've not spent it yet either. Uh, as far as uh, hopes for this year, uh, with as far as player construction, are you in a similar boat to DC United as we are kind of waiting till the summer to see what sort of uh, players we can bring in and not try to jam in? I think that you know DC United has made some acquisitions, but nothing, nothing earth shattering, nothing that's going to scare anyone. Uh, and then oh, oh, keeping our powder dry to the summer. Is that what NYCFC is doing as well? Yeah, that, that'd be very accurate. Uh, NYCFC um, just recently signed a player uh, probably a week ago, Tiago Andrade. He's a, a young, I forget how old he is. I think he's 18 uh, out of Uruguay. And then um, they actually, CFG, who is NYCFC's parent company, he's so familiar, you know, uh, connected to Man, Man City and everything. Uh, they just bought a player, Santiago, and um, he is playing currently in Uruguay for uh, Montevideo, and he is apparently the real deal. He's a 20-year-old, has a lot of experience, is, is tearing it up, and um, he's a guy who a lot of people think that it really the problem was there was a, a snafu in how the paperwork was handled that would have had him come here in January, but it seems pretty pretty clear that he's supposed to be coming. I mean, basically in interviews, he said, "Yeah, I'm going to join, and I'm going to join in June." So I think a lot of NYCFC fans are hoping that that comes to fruition because that's a guy who definitely um, can 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 score goals in MLS. You brought up the the stadium and, and how you all are going to be playing in in several different facilities, uh, or at least you said I think you said at least two. Uh, different stadiums this year. What is I know? I mean, I know I'm asking you a question you probably have zero answers to. What is where, where does this stand? I I feel like with each story, it's like it gets less and less seeming sure. Like you know, the first couple ones are like feel real, and then it's kind of like, well, now they're going to try this place. Now they're going to try this place. It it feels like kind of a hopping uh, sort of uh, thing. Is there any traction? Any any signs of hope that this team is going to get out of Yankee stadium and get their own facility in, in, in the city of New York. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of traction. Uh, unfortunately right now in, in New York, we're in a, or New York city, you're in a, an election year for the mayor. That doesn't help. The, um, the, 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 the thing we do know is that they have locked into one site. It is a, a property that is near Yankee stadium. So there's not going to be a need for, the fan base to relocate. There's not going to be a need for the businesses that have been supporting NYCFC in the local area, the bars and the restaurants to, to, um, to change the, the challenge is that they're building it next to the major Deegan, which is a major artery into New York city. And they would have to basically remove an off ramp um, and relocate that off ramp. And I mean, you guys are in the DC area. Try, try, <laughs> Try moving something off New York Ave, and uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. So it that's been their biggest challenge. Even if it gets approved, the the club has been very clear that it's going to be a three year process because of all the uh, the other infrastructure that has to be uh, accommodated. Because obviously, all of that would happen before they could even put 
the um, the structure for the for the stadium in place. But uh, you know, look, they they've locked it down. It used to be. I mean, at one point they had four different venues that they were looking at and uh, different proposals that were out there. They've got it down to one. It's made some good progress in the community boards. Now it's just a matter of uh, the patience. And the, the team does feel confident that this is the, the closest they've been to being able to make an official announcement. Um, but again, that's been the same story since 2016, 2017. What do you feel if that gets done? Do you feel I feel like in D.C. we all have this 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 picture in our head of what, you know, a new stadium would bring and, and, and sort of bring in fans and everybody has this picture of what the stadium is. The stadium we got isn't bad, uh, but it's certainly uh, maybe not something like we see around the league. What do you sort of envision, though, as 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 the stadium gets announced, it gets built? There's the first game. Do you see it? Because, I mean, let's let's be let's be frank. I mean, I feel like the the interest around the team has kind of died down a little bit. It was, it was a huge swell and now it's been kind of, like you said, the, they're not signing big name players. They're not bringing in the talent, uh, at least the well-known talent that you would see. What do you see? Do you see a stadium maybe shifting that focus or do you think they need to maybe also combine it with a, you know, a big name talent again and and sort of bring that, bring that back to New York? No, I I think, well, I'll say it this way. I think a big name talent would definitely help. And, but we all know that the biggest problem with NYCFC is they've played consistently. They've made they've made the playoffs uh, five se- you know the last five seasons in a row, and the problem is every year they've been eliminated early on. They they've won what one playoff game in their history, and that was a a playing game against Philadelphia. That was um that was the the problem that's been you know um the 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 anchor that's been dragging this team down is that the the fans have kind of got a. I think about it like the uh, the 1990 Atlanta Braves. The fans got so accustomed to the team making the playoffs that there wasn't really any draw a regular season. Maybe some people got excited when they when the, you know they got to the first round, but it wasn't until the divisional series that, that people started to pay attention. And that's what's happening with NYCFC. The diehards are there, but the casual fans have kind of atrophied. And even within the diehard fan base, and I know that you guys have have had to deal with this with uh, with DC the front office has, has had some, some really major screw ups in how it's handled the, uh, the supporters. And, uh, it's, it's, it hasn't, it hasn't done a, a lot for, for the supporters to be able to, um, bring in new, new, new members. For, for people who haven't been to Yankee stadium to see a game, what, what is that experience like? Uh, is it, um, I mean, we've we, uh, you know we played at RFK forever. We played it. We played in baseball stadiums. It's that it's got its own certain vibe, but it's also, you know, obviously you look at the name of our podcast. We have we have warm feelings for that. <laughs> uh, what what is that experience like as a supporter, and what is it like playing in your theoretical natural rivals, a re- named arena, uh, by, you know, by force of of need at the moment? But what's what's the mindset there like for you guys as supporters? Uh. Look, for the talk talking about Red Bull Arena because that's the easy one. It's uh, it was really horrible la- uh, last year. Luckily, the two games that had fans were the CCL games. So early on, it was February, so there were so many other things you could you could complain about February, and March. But um, the thing that's going to be interesting this year, and I haven't heard anything. NYCFC hasn't announced any of the ticket information for for the 2021 games in Red Bull Arena. Is going to be what happens to the South Ward where. Uh, the Red Bull, Red Bull, um, the way the Viking Army usually positions themselves. 
last year when NYCFC was playing there, the, the South Ward wasn't complete. They were still waiting for the seating to come in. So the, the, the section wasn't open, so it was nice and easy. The Red Bull fans were happy because they, their, you know, their cathedral was, was protected, their, their, their sacred spot was protected. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens this year because that could change the dynamic. Look, I think the NYCFC fans that went to the CONCACAF games last year, they've already chosen the, the section behind the goal opposite South Ward is their quote-unquote supporter section. Um, so th they've they've already gotten they know where they want to sit they know where they want to be to support the team, uh, but the uh, the play on the field I don't think it's going to affect that as much as 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 far as the fans being loud. But we've seen already that fans have have been opposed to it. There's been you know vocal boycotts uh, on Facebook and in Twitter and all the different social media groups that have said they're not going to Red Bull Arena. But I think the the biggest factor is event again if this team comes out and wins, you know, the first three or four games and wins games against some, some tough competition. When they start to play those games in Red Bull Arena, fans are going to be there because they want to go see a good, a good product. If this team starts to tank and they've, they've gotten off to slow starts uh, in the past a lot, then uh, fans are going to be like, good, I'm not going to waste my time. Because that's the thing. A lot of these fans are coming from New York City. And if you're coming from New York City just to get back from Red Bull Arena after a game, it's about two hour commute just because of the way the trains run. <laughs> Harrison is not convenient for those in the city for sure. That's, no. that's no, not a doubt. I think it might be almost as convenient for me to take the train, the Amtrak from, from union station. <laughs> it's not that much more inconvenient. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the team uh, heading into uh, this weekend. So I talked about Alex ring moving to Austin FC. I think he was a major player for you guys. He's really grown into, he's grown into a very good player, uh, but your midfield is, Looks pretty good as I'm looking at the projected lineup. James Sands, Keaton Parks, Maxi Morales seems like a, a solid a solid midfield. Um, what what are as we look at this team? Uh, a lot of I think a lot of names might be unfamiliar to DC United fans. Your front your front line, other than uh, Ismael's new to me, Valentin Cast or not Ismael's not new to me, but the rest of the names are new. Uh, what are the strong points? Uh, what are, who should DC United be worried about this weekend? Basically, is where I'm getting at. <laughs> well, you know, let's start with the midfield again because that midfield is is the key midfield from last year, and even with Alex Ring being on this team, and you know, uh, two years ago being probably the best number six in the league, he was pushed out of the midfield because of the play of James Sands and Keaton Parks. And it wasn't that they were better players, but it was just that that relationship formed so so well that uh, Ronnie Dyla said, "Hey, Alex, I need you to 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 get let this relationship you know bloom," and he was pushed out. But uh, NYCFC did sign a, a U.S. international um, Alfredo Morales. He was playing with Dusseldorf. He has already uh, been uh, with the team, and he played in their last preseason game. Again, it was against uh, Hartford Athletic. So take take with take with it what you will, but um, he is a confident player. He's 30 years old, so he's got the experience. Quite honestly, I think he's going to be a guy who bumps Keaton Parks out of the uh, starting 11. Do I think that's going to happen week one? No, I think Ronnie Dyla is going to go with a, a comfortable uh, week, uh, starting 11 for that first game. But I do think you could see Morales coming in uh, late in the game and just to just to get a feel. And uh, in the Hartford Athletic game during the second half. They went to a 3-4-3 just so they could let Keaton Parks, Alfred Morales, and James Sands play on the field at the same time. The The player you have to watch for NYCFC up top is Tati Castellanos. Uh, he's a Argentinian player. He had been rumored uh, all season long to be going to uh, Palmeiras to play with, uh, 
in the Brazilian league. And those rumors were hot and then cold. And then just this week got hot again. So fans are very nervous that uh, this could be something that would we have uh, two more days before the roster rosters are, are, are locked in. People are really nervous that uh, Palmeiras might come in with money that NYCFC can't, can't refuse. The problem with NYCFC is if they take that money, they have no number nine. Hebert is still uh, recovering from from ACL surgery, correct? Correct. He's a he's a late June, early July uh, projected by Ronnie Dyla. So that's the biggest question. You know, they have a DP uh, winger uh, in Jesus Medina. Actually, he's not a DP this year. He this was his first season where he drops back into a TAM player. But um, he's not. Ronnie Dyla himself has said in the past he's not a winger. But when you don't have many options, when you've traded away options and you haven't replaced them, <laughs> that's what you're left with. The player I would tell your fans to uh, look out for is uh, Andres Jason. He's a uh, 19-year-old homegrown academy product. He's uh, just finished his freshman year at Yale uh, Yale University. And he has, uh, in the preseason, I think he's featured in six of the uh, 11 goals that NYCFC has scored in the preseason. He drew two penalty kicks against Orlando. Um, he's He's scored a goal and gotten a couple of assists. And the reason why he's um, a player to watch is because he's not afraid to take players on and he gets fouled a lot. He is going to draw players into uh, into nasty challenges. And we all know what Fred Briant is capable of in the box. So uh, <laughs> let's see what happens. Scoring goals, you uh, mean. That's I'm sure that's what you meant. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's uh let, let's talk uh I want to talk a little about Maxi Morales because uh they flashed up uh, he's one of those players I know he's been here for a while but he still feels like very recent and I guess I'm just so used to players coming here you know at, at 21 22 23 that when they said oh he's 34 years old I almost had to take a take a uh kind of snap my head back and go I, I guess he is I, I I would think he was actually a little younger uh obviously when players start to get that age they start to hit a little bit of a wall. Uh, Matt Doyle seems to be a little bit down on him as far as his age goes. Uh, what have you seen from him in preseason? You know, has he is he potentially lost a step, or is or do you think a lot of that is mostly unfounded? Age is just a number, as they say. The the short answer is we haven't seen a lot of him in preseason. So there's two players that are on that are on the projected starting eleven that we haven't seen a lot of. One is Anton Tinnerholm, and the other one is Maxim Morales. Uh, Tenor home. I don't think anyone is concerned. I don't think it's, it has anything to do with injury. I just think he played a lot last year and he's, he's a competitor. And you know, that I think Ronnie Dyla knows that as soon as he goes steps on the field, he's going to be fresh and he's going to be ready. Morales is the one that I think does concern people. He missed, I think a third or if not a half of last year because of injury. Uh, it's, it's something that is definitely a concern. It's another spot where NYCFC does not have any depth. So you talk about the number nine position and no depth there. And you also talk about the number 10 position, no depth with um, behind Morales. So that's a big concern. I don't think he's lost a step. I, I just think he's got to be careful about his age. And he does. He's a player like Andres Jason. He's he gets fouled a lot, but he is the most talented player that NYCFC has. Uh, he's the last player in MLS to get to 20 assists in a single year. And that's a, a, a stat that gets overlooked quite a bit. But it's um, he, he's extremely talented. The big difference, though, is now he's delivering uh, services into a guy named Castellanos as opposed to a guy named Villa. And uh, with David Villa on the end of those balls, they're all going in the net. With Castellanos, it's about a you know 33% chance that he's going to put one on frame. So that's been, the, that's been where the drop-off has been. Uh, NYCFC last year 
was just horrible in scoring goals. Uh, they just constantly missed, uh, missed, missed the frame. And uh, I think that's something that they've corrected, at least to what it looks like in the start of this season, but, um, or the start of, I mean, in this preseason, but uh, you know, they, they still have to, you know, prove it once, uh, once the games mean something. So, so you're saying Gideon Zeleam is not a uh, the 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 savior of the U.S. national team of yesteryear. One of the many saviors we've gone through uh, is not going to be a suitable uh, backup for for Maxi Morales. <laughs> you know, Zeleam is a guy we just haven't seen. Uh, yeah. He was injured all of last year. I, I I have no doubt that he's got the talent. And and Dyla talked about it in last year before he got hurt that he was he was the most technically gifted player on the on the field during preseason. But, it, you know, again, this guy has even when they started preseason this year, he wasn't fit to play. Uh, he missed the first three weeks of, of uh, preseason and we've seen him uh, train and play since. But it's, um, it, you know, it's it's scary. And look, I'd love to see the guy get a chance and, and resurrect his career. But it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened uh, in Kansas City and it hasn't happened here. All right, let's talk. Let's talk predictions for this weekend. I think it's always the most important thing when we've got uh, we've got the uh, the enemy on the show. I just now placed a parlay that plus eighteen oh four with Yamil Assad to score anytime, both teams to score, and 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 stupidly I went with the United money line because I'm just going to lose money this year and I refuse <laughs> I refuse to, I refuse to bet draw or uh, or loss at home. Uh, what's what's your how do you see this game playing out in the first game of the season? I think I think we can take the the preseason game and put that to the side as a non predictor. But uh, wh- how do you see this play out this weekend? I, I think NYCFC is going to be attacking mind. They're going to have that attacking mindset. The one thing that we've heard, and uh, it was just announced today, that Sean Johnson is the uh, captain of the team. So he did a media press uh, press conference today, and uh, it, it's about the the locker room being very different than last year. And you mentioned guys like Alex Ring and Ronald Matarita. Um, Quite honestly, they've both been criticized for being a little bit too selfish in the locker room and being a little bit too self-centered in in their approach to the game. And I think that 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 those demons have been um, you know have have been chased out. So I expect the team to come out to come out strong. But it is going to be about the performance of Castellanos and can can he put those those chances on on target? Castellanos is also a very hot and cold player. He can either tear you up and and make your defense look foolish. Or he can get frustrated. Uh, he likes to try to play physically, like a Dom Dwyer uh, type of type of player. But if he's not getting the call from the referees, and and we saw that play out in the in the preseason game, that's why the the, the, the those red cards were given. Yeah, maybe you know I don't. You know you can argue about what you know whether it was um, you know what, what where the contact was, but Castellanos's red card was for retaliation, and I think that's where he gets he gets he gets heated, and and we saw it in his. Uh, in the preseason game against Hartford Athletic, you know NYCFC is winning two nothing, but they're playing against the USL squad, and this guy is out there, uh, you know, trying to trying to get under a defender's skin, and it's just uh, it's something that you have to watch for. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to say it's good. I I would pick a two one victory for NYCFC. Just again, like you're saying, you're just have a, having a confidence in, in in the squad. I don't think uh, we're going to be good enough to keep uh, keep DC off the board. But I do think that uh, we'll have a chance. But it's uh, the biggest factor for us is you guys are such an unknown. Uh, <laughs> so that that's that's it. It'll just be fun to watch games that mean that mean something. That is that is the overwhelming narrative from MLS national media is like 
No one has any idea what this team mm-hmm. is, and that's <laughs> we were we were saying that when when unknown is a is a like a positive attribute. That's that's where we're at right now. <laughs> we're the wild card. Anything could happen. Ted, what do you think the score is going to be? I, I am I am going based off uh, our new coach Hernan Lasada's interview about how much he 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 favors five four games versus one zero. I'm saying a five four win for DC. I'm going I'm going I'm going right off the bat with the crazy. Ted is immediately trying to lose this season long prediction contest that we're about to start. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with I'm going with the reverse. I'm going with the two one uh, for for DC. Sim, similar similar thought process. I think that the the uh, you're definitely gonna score. The defense, the the, the three man back line is still a very much a work in progress, um, but I'm you know we're home. I've got to hope for I've got to hope for some some home cooking and some two goals. But I think I think we're up for a good game. I think it should be. A, yeah. I think this is a good start for the season for both of us. I'm positive. Yeah, that, yeah, and I think that's the the thing that it, we we we're both we're not um, you know we're not dynamo teams. We're not we're not uh, dynamic teams that are that are out there to scare people because we have uh, the best rosters. So it's a good matchup because I think we both get to, to feel each other out. Agree. Agree. All right, Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, let the good people know where they can uh, find you. All right. Well, thanks so much for, uh, for having me on. Uh, I am the social media I use most often is Twitter. So look for me at blue CD radio. All righty. All right. Thanks so much, Michael, for joining us. And guys, thank you so much. Uh, be there for our tailgate. We're going to have our tailgate. RFUFGs.com slash tailgate. Uh, be there at 6.30 if you are unable to get a ticket into the stadium. Uh, and thank you all so, so much for joining us. And we will catch you guys uh, at the tailgate. Vamos. Vamos.